All this week, we are taking a very close look at the mayoral race in London, Ontario. In some communities, as we just talked about, it's over. Mayor Reeve, they're an acclaimed candidate. They aren't running against anybody. In London, well, we still have a very tight race. And today, we are able to speak with Ed Holder, who joins us in studio. Ed, how's the sunshine treating you on a Tuesday? It's a beautiful day on Tuesday, Mike, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Well, thanks for coming in. If we're to look at at the length of the campaign, and we'll talk about this with with each of the leading candidates, for you, who has been through campaigns at the federal level, how does something like this compare? Well, certainly uh, this campaign would be longer by a stretch than uh, than most provincial or federal campaigns. Our last federal campaign, people may recall, was 77 days and Frankly, this is even longer than that. And so think of how longer. much people made of the fact that, oh, 77 days, this is far too long. Yeah. Well, you're right. This has been, what, three months? Uh, effectively three months come Monday when the election day is there. So a pretty fulsome three months. How does it compare in terms of how you treat campaigning? Well, I think, uh, f- firstly, when I've gone door to door, I've had some people that have actually made reference to the length of time of a campaign and that uh, three months seems like an awfully long time. People are actually generally used to shorter periods of campaigning time. Uh, So that month to five weeks is, again, not untypical. Uh, I I think one of the differences, though, is that when you run for a political party, which I did in the last three federal elections, you know, you've got the support of the political apparatus uh, uh, that, that help in terms of broad positions and the like. Whereas here, you know, really you're doing it uh, with a great team, and I've got a great team that's help supporting me. Uh, but there's, a, there's probably, candidly, a lot more listening and learning to make sure that you understand what, where people's positions are. And so uh, I, I recall uh, when I made the decision to run, uh, we spent the month of August listening, and then we spent September and through now till October acting on uh, that advice. When you look at why you wanted to run this time around, this is a hands-on job. This is one that can be 24 hours a day. It's, it's not the easiest job in the world. What made you want to take a shot at it? Well, firstly, it's a great job. Uh, I really think it is. Uh, we just talked about party politics. One of the things that uh, you don't have is you don't have partisan politics that will direct you one way or another. I mean, this, this really gets into street politics at its most basic level, and we're dealing with people uh, uh, and issues that matter most to them. So whether it's their streets and cleanups and and garbage pickup and snow removal to uh, drug sites uh, and uh, things that affect our most vulnerable, I mean this is uh, this is where an individual can have the greatest impact. And and I'm 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 truly excited. And you asked why? Well, it's always uh, my whole life. I, I I've been I've I've served, and it's been a commitment to serve. I did that in politics. I did that in my community service, and I've done that in business, and so to me it's an extension of everything I've ever been. Being involved in party politics up until now, like you say, it, it can be kind of, it's, it's different, it's, it's a different game. How do, you, how do you go about, should you be in that chair next week, how do you go about getting things going and, and taking over that leadership role when you don't have a party in and around you? Well, I sure look forward to finding that out uh, come <laughs> come uh, after the Monday election. Uh, but let me say this. Firstly, you have 14 other members of council, and 
and if I look even at this council that we've had, I, I, people have put a lot of thought and effort into things that 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 matter in our community, and I'll be looking to uh, to to their inputs. We've got a great uh, staff at city at city hall, and I think what you want to do is you want to be able to use those reference points of that expertise as well to be able to build on it. But look, we've come into this election with a number of, of key priorities for us. And it's my intention to to take advantage of the strengths of our uh, our elected politicals as well as our staff to implement those priorities. When we look at some of the priorities for the city, obviously we had an entire debate on it, but transit becomes that, that big question mark in terms of how do we proceed and those letters BRT take us back to to your first statement about how you felt regarding BRT well it's interesting because uh, first I don't support bus rapid transit that's always the sense that I had that Londoners felt that same way and when I would go door to door and or I would uh, have town halls I had a pretty strong reaction but I went around to uh, to see what the city had done to determine how people felt uh, about BRT, what polls they had done to do, to get a sense of direction. And, you know, I looked and I asked. I couldn't find anything. So finally, uh, what we did is we asked Londoners. We did our own poll and we were very objective with straight up questions and, and got a sense from uh, Londoners uh, as to how they felt. And what was crystal clear, Mike, is what they said was for those, uh, for those who were decided on this issue, clearly some 73% of Londoners did not support BRT. And what's interesting is that uh, when a, another media recently did a poll, it was they verified our findings. But to that point, there had been no uh, objective assessment of how Londoners felt. So it was important for us to do that. Ed Holder, mayoral candidate in London, Ontario, joining us in studio on London Live. <sighs> There's been a lot of time invested in BRT. There's been money invested already in BRT. How do you take that in a different direction? Well, I, you know what it is? We, we take advantage of the things that have been done. Uh, a lot of the work that has been done, done to this point relates to infrastructure. Uh, we're an older city. There's a lot of stuff underground that's, that's older. You have to get those things done. Uh, there are certain road widenings that make sense. So things that they have done make... Uh, in fact, likely most of it makes uh, pretty good sense. But I think going forward, one of the things we have to decide is, do we want to have transportation for all or do we want to focus it on a very narrow view of what transportation should look like for the city? So here's what we've decided. We've decided, and we support council on this, that we need to build that underpass on Adelaide Street, uh, south of Oxford Street. It's been talked about a while. It's been approved. Let's get it done. Second thing we need to do is we need to put buses into those industrialized areas that aren't being serviced now to get people to work on time and back home again. There are there are companies, my my own company, uh, a bakery in Meadowbrook, where you can't get there from here. And the only way that we can advertise is when we say must have a car. And that doesn't work for everybody all the time. So we need to make investments in, in busing and make that work. We need to synchronize the traffic lights. It is absolutely a mess. And at one point when we did have synchronized lights, uh, we forgot that we have since put in more lights and uh, stop signs and added to the population. It just hasn't kept up. We need to have synchronized lights in London. Fourth thing we need to have is, is a mobile app that doesn't say when the buses should come, but when they actually come and, through, and using a GPS method to do that. Because if that's the difference for someone getting to work on time or an exam on time, and if they don't, uh, and if they don't 
get to work on time. They somehow, they, what is the potential? Maybe they, maybe that's the third time they'll be late. Maybe they have to make a different decision. Well, that's important for people to have. And finally, uh, paratransit. Uh, right now, by virtue of the resources given to it, uh, we have, it, it's a three-day wait to be able to get an appointment for paratransit. And, and that's not the provider's issue. That's resources and that's resourcing and putting people together and finding a better way to do this so that we can take care of those who have that need. So when you do transportation, you have to have transportation for all. London mayoral candidate Ed Holder with us on London Live. One of the things that anyone living in any city has, they have a pride for that city. They have a passion for that city. They want that city to succeed. How do we make London more attractive than it is right now for industry, for individuals to come? Or or do we even want to do that? Are we happy the way we are? Look, uh I think that's a great question. One of the things that we that is important is that we have to focus on jobs in the economy. Uh, recently, I spoke to someone who uh, challenged me on the issue of jobs because our, our unemployment statistics are the best they've been in years and years. And while that's true at one level, it doesn't talk in terms of marginalized employment where people are significantly underemployed. The second thing it doesn't talk to is that we have a youth unemployment rate of over 20%. Uh, what it doesn't talk to is that we have employers who have uh, who are looking for individuals with skills, and we have individuals who are looking for work, and they have varying degrees of skills. And what we need to do is is have a conversation and put some action plans in for those willing to work but may not have the skills, tie that into what's being done at their high school, uh, their college level, and support of the university, but really have have a conversation with business and our education system. And those, and those employees who are willing to work to make sure that they've got the skills necessary for the, for the coming years because there's a big skills gap right now that we have to fix. Is there something that, that we need to be as a city? Do we have to be like Kitchener-Waterloo where you say, that's where the high tech is? Or where you look at Hamilton and say, that's steel manufacturing. That's what that is. Do we need that? Do we – that important? That, that, it's interesting. Uh, let, let me answer it this way. Uh, we have a great city, and in a great city like ours, 10th largest city in Canada, because you mentioned Kitchener, and then when you add Waterloo and Cambridge, some people actually say it's larger than us, and I suppose with two or three mayors, maybe it does make, make it bigger, but we have one mayor. So what you have to do is you have to understand where our, where our areas of, of expertise are. Firstly, look at, at what we do in commercial agriculture. Uh, we are an, we are a heartland of agriculture. I call us an urban oasis in a sea of agriculture. And commercial agriculture is one of the things that we do incredibly well. Defense industry, uh, and I don't mean just GDLS, but when you look at all of the uh, companies associated with the strategic defense, we are leaders in this region across the country. When I look at things like digital gaming, London, Ontario is one of the leaders in digital gaming. When I look at medical biotech, we do incredibly well in terms of the, of the inventions and the types of technologies that we do. Plus, don't forget, we've got the greatest university in Canada and, uh, and the greatest college. To have that one-two combination, and I'm not picking an order there. I'm just simply saying with the education system we have, the healthcare system we have here, no, we don't need to put ourselves in a box and say this is the one thing we do well. There's many things that we do well. And I think that uh, entrepreneurialism is alive and well. I think it's incumbent on the mayor to help uh, our local businesses who are here grow and to invite uh, other industries when they're looking to find a place to, uh, to make home 
that they make uh, London their home because that's how they feel that they're home when they're here. Ed Holder with us on London Live. Any other issues that, that you are hearing from people that they say, hey, we, we got to do something about this? A few, a few quick things. Firstly, and, and, and perhaps most importantly, what I've heard, Mike, is people say council's got to work together. We need collaboration. We need uh, to get unstuck. We need to get things done. And I'd like to think that my background in business and politics and community uh, positions me well for that. Second thing that I've heard is, is, is it true that London's going to get its fair share, not just with BRT, but generally for the infrastructure kinds of issues that matter? And the relationships I have at the federal and, and level in Queen's Park, um, that's important to make sure that London uh, gets connected in a very strong way with those levels of government because no city can do it alone. No municipality can do it alone. The third thing we've touched on partly is the economy and taxes. And look, if you want jobs and taxes, if you want to keep your taxes low, then we need to have more jobs in this community, good paying jobs. And that's by ensuring that our local businesses are successful and that we attract new business. Fourth, fourth thing that we've talked about is transportation. And, and I think we've articulated well uh, our thoughts around that. No BRT, but certainly we're not prepared to lose that federal and provincial investment for transportation's sake. And the final thing that may not have been touched on is the issue around vulnerability and how we help London's most vulnerable. And, and look, we all have a heart. We're compassionate uh, people as Londoners. We're welcoming people to uh, new uh, Londoners to our city. Uh, and I think there's a lot to be proud of. But to the extent that we have an obligation as a caring community to take care of those who are less able to care for themselves, and I'm talking about folks that have drug addictions or mental health issues, uh, housing uh, issues, those are things that we have to address as a city. And the obligation of, uh, of the mayor is to ensure that the agenda is absolutely clear on it. Ed, we've got about 30 seconds left. They are your 30 seconds. Give us the why should people vote for Ed Holder? Well, you know, uh, thanks, Mike. Firstly, uh, if Londoners value the importance of the business, political, and community background that that I have, then they'll make that decision to either vote for me or include me in their ranked ballot because that's the new world anymore. Uh, But let me applaud all of the candidates for mayor who have put their names forward. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And I, and I appreciate, as do they certainly, the kind of commitment that, that it takes to do this. So my hat's off to them. And, and I'd like to thank Londoners for their passionate interest in this particular election. It's quite critical. And uh, we encourage our, our citizens there to make sure they feel comfortable enough and informed enough uh, to vote and then go vote. Ed, thanks so much for coming in today. Mike, a pleasure. Thanks. Ed Holder on London Live. We'll take a break. Return with more in a moment. You're listening to Global News Radio 980 CFPL.